We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. I long for the day, and I believe the day is. I believe the day is now. I long for the day where the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King, is not just a theological perspective, not just a doctrinal stand, but a reality of our lives, right? To where the, the enemy, the, 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 the strongholds that the enemy has of our lives and our territories and our, our regions and our homes are pushed back, brought down to nothing, and that we can truly stake the claim of the blood of Jesus in our lives, right? Not, not just a hope that one day it's gonna happen, not, not just a, a perspective that one day, gosh, something good's gonna take place. I'm talking about a reality. I'm just believing a generation is on the earth today, and I believe you're it, that is going to experience and is experiencing the greatest outpouring of God's Spirit since the day of the book of Acts. Are you, you know what I'm talking about? I believe that's available for us now. So we gotta, we, instead of waiting for the trumpet to sound, I'm not so sure that we don't go ahead and blow the trumpet we have. And the trump uh, is Jesus Christ. And when that final does, trumpet does sound, it'll just be an echo of a voice that's coming here already on the earth. Not a brand new sound, but an echo of a sound that's already here. A sound that says, oh, he's not only gonna be our resurrected king, not only was it a history moment 2,000 years ago, but it's a reality moment today. You believe that? You gotta believe it because you're the generation that's alive. Your kids and the grandchildren are gonna experience this. I wanna talk about it today. This is a reality. Christianity and the, and, and the, and the reality of Christ is a, is a reality and an actuality of our lives. It's not just something we hope for that we put our faith in that can never be realized. This is something that can be realized. And you're the generation on the earth today that's gonna experience it. If you believe that, why don't you just go ahead and have a seat, find somebody beside you and let them know in agreement that God is doing great things. And the high school kids can be dismissed to their class, the middle school kids can be dismissed to their class. Thanks. Well, we had, uh, we have an addition to the family. Little Ainsley Joy was given, was birthed Friday evening, Friday night, actually, wasn't it? Friday night, Matt and Katie's little daughter was born. So, Asher has a sister. David and Sandy have a granddaughter, and, and, and Peggy and George have a new granddaughter that's in the picture now. So life gets real interesting, right? So they're doing baby and mommy and daddy are doing very well. So congratulations to all of them with the new addition. Got some people that are dealing with some stuff. Uh, was at the hospital last night. Uh, some Linda Short is in there right now. Doing some tests. She gets to come home in a few moments, but doing some tests. They, my dad, they took him to the emergency room this morning. He's having some kidney issues, kidney stone issues. And... Uh, Kidney stones, it would be nice if they were just like two angels rolled away the stone. You know what I'm talking about? But sometimes they don't, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you got to drink them, drink the water, and get it out. 
So that's what he's dealing with today. And I know there's many of us in here this morning that are facing some obstacles and issues. Um, it's all good. You know, it's all good. Luke chapter four, verse 31. Hey, I, I ran across something real quickly. I want to tell you this while they're getting Luke four up there. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna go through a lot of scripture today, but we're gonna, we're gonna do some stuff. Do you know, how many would you agree if you read some of the posts on social media or you read some of the stuff that uh, people say about us in the national news, for example, um, when I say us, I'm talking about Huntington, the region, the tri-state area. Uh, it's not always real favorable press that we get. You understand what I mean? Because the, 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 the facts and the, the data supports a lot of things that's not good for us. I mean, we can get mad if we want to. I used to get tickled all the time. Our little Vincent football team didn't do too well last year and we weren't winning and our kids were getting mad because people were telling us we were losing. I said, there's only one way to change that. Win. You can get mad if you want to. They talk about you, but you gotta change. You gotta win some ball games, right? So we have to understand that what the Lord has done, what the enemy is trying to do to us, and it looks like he's succeeding in a lot of ways, is he's... he's bringing a lot of stuff on us, and the enemy has. But I read some stuff this week, you know, Huntington, Charleston, um, you know, the data supports a lot of what they're saying about us at a national level. Um, the drug addiction problem, the, the years ago there was a lot of murders here in Huntington and killings, and it was all mostly drug related, it seems like. I was talking to uh, Lindsay, my middle daughter, she's a nurse at St. Mary's, and um, she said that they called all the nurses last week and said, listen, we're fully at capacity, 100%. We're, we're, we're overbooked. Over we got people in waiting, waiting areas. It's, it's a mess now. And I said, oh, it's not flu season. She said, no, it's stroke and heart. So I thought, okay, Lord, what's that all about, right? So you, when, when you start hearing things like that, you start seeing things, let me tell you something that you may not know, and maybe you do. Do you know in 1922, <laughs> how many of you heard of Billy Sunday? Have you heard of Billy Sunday? Yeah. Billy Sunday was one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Had a drinking problem, right? Got radically saved and then went on a crusade against drugs and alcohol and everything else you can imagine. Do you know he held a four day crusade in Charleston, West Virginia? Do you know that? Traveled through Huntington had a crusade in Logan, West Virginia, right? Do you know how many have heard of A.A. A. Allen, all right? Do you know that A.A. A. Allen had come through this region as well? A.A. A. Allen was a faith, he was a healer. The guy did a lot of healing. How many of you know of William Branham? Heard of William Branham? Branham came through. Matter of fact, his sidekick was from Huntington, West Virginia, right? How many of you know that on Fifth Avenue, there are more churches per square mile, I guess. I think it's made the Guinness Book of World Records, right? Right? So with a heritage like that and reports that we hear today that are, that are, that are backed by data, there has to be a conflict that's happening in our region. And the conflict that's happening has us as a region a little bit on our heels, right? Because we see the addiction problem, we see 
uh, problems happen in the life. We see generations that are just, just you know, unfortunately, a lot of our little, little kids are being raised uh, sometimes by grandparents because of, of unfortunate situations that happen in homes. There's just a lot of stuff that's happening. Well, I've been on this quest probably for about the last six months to find the, I don't want my finger on the pulse of the area. I want to figure what God's pulse is on the area, right? Because I can analyze it and come up with a good strategy. But I don't need a good strategy. What I need is what is the Lord saying and what is he going to use us for by being here? Why are we here? Are we just duplicate or repeat a a generation of, a cycle of generation of churchgoers that one generation falls away, the next generation comes back, and we just repeat the last generation? Then then I've talked to some good friends of mine. I've got a good pastor friend. He's telling me, he said, you know, he said, the the challenge in the church is that we've got to have, we've got to get unity in the church. And I said, well, kind of good luck with that. Right? Because sometimes people think good unity is unity in the flesh. You ain't gonna get people unified in the flesh. I can't find three people that agree on the carpet in this church. <laughs> Let alone be unified in the flesh, unified together on the spiritual things. You know what I'm talking about? It's just not possible. So we go on this quest to get two people to agree. Well, if that was the case, who was the two that went one way and the other, one, Paul went one way and who went the other? Because of John Mark? Barnabas. One of the greatest ministries are named after Barnabas. And one went one way and one went another. Because why? The gospel had to go, had to be spread. Right? And for the unity of the spirit, one went one way and one went another. And the gospel gets spread. What could have happened, we could have spent a lot of time, they could have spent a lot of time trying to get them both in meetings together to agree to stay together under one tent in one synagogue and waste lots of time. And while that was happening, an entire generation or segregated group of people over here that never heard the gospel finally got gospelized. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we gotta know our battle. We gotta know what we're up against. We gotta know what we're doing. What's our target? What's our motivation? What, What drives us? And when you have people like Billy Sunday that come through here, there is a heritage, does it make sense? that when you have a, one of the greatest evangelists of all time comes through your region, that 100 years later, the enemy is gonna do everything he can to stop what was planted in the soil in this region. So, so what's happened is just like in Abraham's day, when Abraham would sojourn and he took his cattle, his, his people, his family, he would go through and he looked and the Philistines were all fighting him and he comes around and he looks at the, the ground and he sees that there's no water so he begins to dig wells. And when he dug the wells, his, his family, his flock, all drank from those wells. But the minute he went on past it and left that area to go to the next place, the enemy, the Bible says the enemy would come in and cover the wells with dirt earth, flesh. That's how he works today. Back then he would work with dirt and they would cover it up in reality like in, in combative times, but today he's more subtle. He covers it up with flesh. So he's covered up. And then here we are now. I'm convinced in our region that there are wells that are covered and seeds that have been planted. 
The wells have not sprung up like they should have sprung up. And the seeds have not brought forth the crop that they've been supposed to bring up. Because the enemy would come in immediately and what? Steal the crop, cover the well. Are you following me? But now, but now, it's our responsibility. It's our privilege. It's the designation on your life, my life, our life, this generation, this region, to redig the well and allow the crops to grow, to call forth the seed that's already been planted. You don't know the prayers have been prayed on Fifth Avenue. I don't care if they're Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, Lutheran, I don't, Catholic, I don't care what they are. Somebody, there was a mama in the back of that church somewhere praying at night for you and for me. They didn't know who we were, but somebody was crying out to God. Seeds were planted, wells were dug. It doesn't matter to me what they come from. I don't care that the Pentecostal people wouldn't get along with the Methodists. As long as the Pentecostal people over here praying to the same God, the Methodists praying over here to the same God, so that means wells were being dug and seeds were being planted. It didn't matter that Ashland wouldn't come to Huntington and Huntington wouldn't go to Ashland because what was going on in Ashland, what was going on in Huntington now for a season we're living in is about to arise. Don't think for one minute it's not. You think Billy Sunday went to Logan, West Virginia and preached revivals? He went to Charleston and preached revivals and multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people were saved and that die and go away and never see the fruit fulfilled? Oh no, somebody's gotta blow on that wind, sound that trumpet, make way for those seed to grow and redig those wells. And while we're passively waiting on something to happen, God do this and God do that, what's happening, the church has been relegated to trying to water the garden of God. Absent of the outpouring of the rain of the spirit, we all got hoses in our hand, trying to get a little bit of water out of a garden hose, trying to get one person at a time while they're dying of cancer, dying of stroke, dying of heart disease, dying of diabetes, dying of divorce, dying of addiction. And I don't mean necessarily dying physically, but decaying in their body and in their mind while we're doing everything we can, just giving them a little bit of drip here and a little bit of drip there. We can do that, but doesn't it make a lot of sense? If I give everybody in here a garden hose and we tied into the spigot out here and everybody went out and covered the ground, it's an incredible thing. But isn't it so much better if it just rains? Right? Your effort and your energy goes a different direction. You're trying not to get it. We're not trying to get it to grow. It's God gives the increase. But it's our job to create the atmosphere in a region, in a city, in a home where miracles signs and wonders, and Jesus the Christ gets what he paid for. And I think you would agree with me. He has received much less than what he's paid for, Amen. right? Amen. We have people that have gone on before their time, and we don't have any reason to, but explain it. it and and I'm, I'm convinced that, that people have died before they should have. And I don't have answers for that. And I'm not putting it on that person because I've heard people do that mess before. They didn't have enough faith. That's a bunch of garbage. No, it wasn't about they didn't have enough faith. It's been we're missing something. We're disconnected from something. There should be more 
testimonies and more of, of, of the goodness of God rather than the more explanations of why it didn't work. But listen, we can't put that on and we can't focus on all the negatives. What we can do is what is our target today? What is our target? What, is, what are we here? What are we doing? Is it just four songs and two fast ones, a couple of announcements, give away some turkeys and then everybody feel good about themselves. We have a great worship service. Curtis writes another good song. Here we go, powerful. I come up and preach a sermon and we go right back out here and still can't see the goodness and the glory of God happen in our region. It's not possible. Either the word of God is potent or it's not. And I believe that it is. And that doesn't mean you're, you're see, we, 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 we've grown accustomed. We've taken the same thing that the NFL has done. We've changed our offense, okay? Sean was in my office earlier today, and he said, we need prayer. I said, what's going on? He goes, we play, this, we play the Patriots today. <laughs> I said, he walked out, and Rex said, who plays the Patriots? I said, the Browns. Rex, Rex said, Ain't no prayer gonna help that today. <laughs> He's saying, man. He's not even gonna pray. But what we've done is we've taken on the, the offense of the NFL. We've gone from, see, when I was playing ball, we had a full backfield. I played quarterback. And I would hand the ball, and we would smash mouth this thing down the field. And we realized that we were gonna eat up about six or eight minutes off the clock, but we're gonna gain two or three yards of carry right up the middle, right up the gut. And then if we did decide to pass, it wasn't going because we had to, it's because we chose to. Right? Today, they don't even huddle. It's everything is a pass. And the church has grown accustomed to long distances and every now and then we'll get a Hail Mary and somehow get healed. I'm ready to smash mouth this ball right down the field again. I'm not joking, guys. I'm talking about line up. We're going to run this thing. We're going to take off six or eight minutes. It might, we're going to go for the long game. Pardon my football analogies, but Marshall did win yesterday. Kentucky won. It's all good. WVU was off, right? <laughs> they got a big pause. Yeah, they were off. It's all good. But we gotta realize we're going somewhere. Now what, read with me in Luke chapter four, verse 31. All right, you got to know how the enemy is thinking when God's people start rising up to the call that's on their generation. All right, and this will give way to it. Jesus is speaking of Jesus. Jesus came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine for his word, look, was with power. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had an, a spirit of unclean devil. And he cried out with a loud voice. Look, here, here we, we're gonna get inside the head of the enemy right here. Verse 34 says, leave us alone. We are content here. Don't bother us. That could say, we could say it this way. Stroke, heart disease, Addiction, I can name a bunch of things. Just leave us alone. We found rest here. We found a place in, in the tri-state area where we rest. Leave us alone. 
we've found a people that we can conform that makes us at rest. We got them thinking the same way on food. We got them thinking the same way on money. We got them the same, the same, the same way on business. We got them thinking the, thinking the same way on health. We even got them now on religion. We spent the last 100 years getting them on religion and now we got them. So now we're comfortable here. We're at rest. Oh, I know they're supposed to be at rest, but they're at unrest when we rest. The battle's for rest. On the seventh day in Genesis chapter one, God blessed it, God rested. Jesus said, it is finished, which means he rested on the cross. In Hebrews chapter three, the entire generation of Moses' day did not enter into the promises of God because they never entered into the rest because of their unbelief. The battle was rest. And when you got stuff going on in your body and in your mind and in your business and in your family and in your life and in your community, you ain't resting. You're worrying. Because that report is real whether you want to admit it or not. I can't look at my dad with a kidney stone that he can't pass and say, just rest, dad. It ain't happening. There's got to be something bigger, something greater, something stronger that uproots and, and causes an unrest to the principalities in our region that have found a place to rest. It's not a matter of making us feel comfortable. They will make you feel comfortable so they can rest. Let us alone, leave us alone. We're at rest. What are we doing with you? Jesus, we're not provoking you. We're letting you have church services, Jesus. We're letting you write songs. We're letting you have Sunday school and pumpkin bashes. We don't care about choir. Go ahead, have all the choir practices you wanna have. You can have prayer meetings and you can even fast and pray. Go ahead, do all you wanna do. Just leave us alone. What are we doing with you? Just don't free the people because when you free the people, you uproot us. It's, Jesus, it's easier for us if you'll just go ahead and tell them, get the garden, take the garden hose. One day it's gonna happen, one day it's gonna happen, one day it's gonna happen. Why? Because if we can get them believing that one day, we stay at rest. What do you mean? Art thou you come to destroy us? Mark said, before our time. I know you, Art, the, the Holy One of God. And Jesus <laughs> rebuked them saying, hold your peace. You don't have the last word here. Yeah. You, you're not getting the last word. Now he's talking to a demonic force that's gonna, that, that a, man is, a man is bound. And when he, the devil had thrown the man in the, in the midst, he came out of him, look what happened. But he didn't hurt him. Next verse. And they were amazed and spake among themselves saying, what a word is this? For with, with, with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirit and they came out. Next verse. They went on a seven day revival. They had a homecoming week. 
started a Sunday night service, went to two services on the morning. No, fame of him went out everywhere around the country around about. Not fame of you, the church, not fame of me, the church, not trying to build a TV ministry, not be able to try to write another book, even though all those things might happen. It ain't about that, it's making him famous all across the community. It's not about all of that. It ain't building nobody a name. It ain't building anybody a ministry. It ain't building anybody. It is about people getting free, uprooting principalities that are hovering over top of this city, over top of this region, so people can get free. I, I came off the airplane. I went to Haiti one time. Dear God. And I got off the airplane. And as soon as a friend of mine was with me, we got off the airplane, walked on, and I could feel it. I could choke. I could feel the demonic oppression. I couldn't hardly breathe. And I thought to myself, my God. And I went and preached in a service down there to, to, to uh, several hundred Baptist people. This is a true story. You, if you're a Baptist and don't believe in this, then I'm not here to make you comfortable. <laughs> several hundred Baptist people. I had an interpreter there and I got ready to preach and for about 15 or 20 minutes I start preaching this message that I had prepared on the plane before I reached the choke spell when I got off of it. And I'm preaching, and I'm preaching, and it is the driest, one of the driest messages I have ever preached in my life. I kept forcing it, forcing it, forcing it. I look over at my buddy, and he's going, looking at me like, what in the world is happening? It was horrible. I mean, I was going, my God, this is, this is ridiculous. I first, because of my West Virginia tri-state American pride, wanted to blame the interpreter. He must not be saying what I'm saying. <laughs> it was me. Nothing was penetrating those hearts. Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, would you just preach on Acts chapter one and Acts chapter two? And I said, I'm in a Baptist church with several hundred Baptist people and I've got an interpreter. It's going through my head. I'm going to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power. Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> True story. I looked over my buddy and I thought, man, you, I, I went pray, pray, intercede. Something's speaking to me. He starts praying. I don't know what he was praying, but it was something praying. And all of a sudden, I looked away for about, it seemed like two minutes, but it wasn't that long. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me so clearly, you can have it your way, or you can have it mine. I start preaching. I said, okay. I just turned to chapter one. I started with verse eight, and I started going. And about halfway through that message, about 10 minutes into it, a woman stood up in the middle of that church service. And when she stood up, she started speaking in, I thought, was their Haitian language. And I'm looking at her going, oh, she must either agree or she's disagreeing, but I have to keep going because I don't know. And nobody was interpreting for her. So I just kept right on to preaching and right on to preaching. I look over at him and he's getting nervous. I'm nervous because I'm thinking, dear God, what's happening? And next thing you know, another one popped up. Another one popped up. I leaned over to the translator and I said, what's happening? He said, they're getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. Just keep doing what you're doing. I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't know what I was doing. So they all start being, and it's happening right here. And all of a sudden, a guy gets up in the middle of the place, a young man gets up, and he starts just squirming every which way you can possibly imagine. And they're, everybody's going, sit him down, shut him up, shut him up. And I thought, no, I'm preaching today. He's not. I said, bring him up here. Because something rose up inside of me. They brought him up here, and he was flipping the fly. And all I said was him, in the name of Jesus Christ. These people start popping up everywhere praying. This man does exactly what this scripture does, throws him up and down, bangs him on the floor, and next thing I know, he comes to complete stop. And when he did, he was full of peace. Full of peace. Now, I, I would like to tell you that I was in control, and everything was going well, and I knew what I was doing. It wasn't happening that way. 
It wasn't happening that way. It wasn't. And friends of mine were with me, were going, they were cheering me on, not like I had something. I don't know what I'm doing up here, but I, got, I know I'm the guy that's here. Right? But the reality that hit me in the face is even though I wished it was somebody else up here, it ain't nobody else up here but me. You might wish it's another generation, but it's you. This thing, these, these, these spirits, and I'm not, oh, I'm not one of those people that chase all these crazy spiritual things. I'm just not that way. I am Christ-centered. It's Christ and him crucified. But when you preach Christ and him crucified, it brings up the things that are anti-Christ. And what happens is we begin to look for something to happen way out there. And really, when we're way out there, it pushes it off and we abort the seeds that were planted by people like a Billy Sunday and everybody else has gone through this city. And the wells just stay dried up. Somebody's got to redig those wells. And the somebody ain't gonna be somebody, somebody is gonna be you and me. Amen. So our kids don't have to redig. God forbid your child, my child, our grandchildren raised in a city where a well was once dug that's been covered up by the enemy, and them not even know it. Anybody feeling what I'm feeling? We gotta see more healings. Why? It's the rewards of his suffering. We've gotta see more deliverance. Why? It's the rewards of his suffering. We've gotta see people at peace. Why? It's the rewards of his suffering. We can't have the enemy's gospel trumpeting our gospel and making fame more of him, the enemy, than it does of Christ. It's got to change, and I'm here to declare it, to trumpet it, to champion it, to experience it, to lead the charge, to raise up people, to redig the wells and pull up those seeds and call up those seeds that have been planted in generations before. Some of you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You used to sit in churches when you were children and you remember a mama, a daddy, a grandparent, a sister, a brother, somebody that just knew how to get a hold of the altars of the Lord. And they would cry out and pray. And you know, we, we grew up making fun of them. not even realize we're diminishing the power of God, the sincerity of the heart of a generation that didn't know that that was what they were called to do. Driving down Fifth Avenue and we see that church has not got very many people in it. That one doesn't have very many people in it. Look how they're losing too. And shake our head while we go champion a new thing and spit on the seeds of an old thing. Oh, come on now. You people that drive and travel, and you go into the hills of West Virginia, and you go into these rural towns and communities, and the people down here in Kentucky and West Virginia and Ohio, these cities that look like now, they're feeling awful, bad, houses needing to be torn down, and we just shake our head while we see vagabonds walking the streets with backpacks, aimless, not going anywhere, wondering where they're going. It is, it is, let me tell you what, it's because we have not been able to redig the wells and call up the seeds that have been planted in the last hundred years. Yeah. Don't shake their head, your head at them, those people. You walk through, you drive through those, oh God, I can feel this. We're in it for the long haul. Yeah. We're doing the long game. We're gonna pound this ball right down the middle and we're gonna call it, and we don't have, they don't have to scout us. He's gonna know our method of operation. I don't, I'm not trying to outsmart the enemy. Are you hearing me? I have Christ and him crucified in me. I don't care what game plan he's scouting me. He can inflate or deflate the football. It won't matter to me. That's an inside joke for you football fan. 
We're going somewhere. It's happening. And Christ is going to get what he paid for. Luke chapter 11. Let me read you some scriptures here and then we'll pray for some people. Luke 11, 1. And it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As it, in, as it in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that, had, that is indebted to us. And lead not us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, whoa, he took a different track. He said, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, he's, he's giving you a, a peek inside the heart of God. Trouble me not, the door is now shut. Don't, don't come to me. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is a friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And as I say unto you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Here we go. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer up a scorpion? If ye then being, here we go, evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Amen. And he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said, he casted out the devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if, if by Beelzebub I cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall be, they shall be your judges. But if, a finger, if I with a finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is coming to you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. When a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he, to their trust, he trusted and divided the spoils. He that is not with me is against me. That he, is, he that gathereth not will be with me scattereth. When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, Seeking what? Rest. He finds none because he was arrested and then thrown out. 
He didn't find any rest. He says, I'm gonna go back into the house to where I came, I need rest. And when he comes, he finds it swept, garnished, I could say it this way, saved. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there and the last state of that man is worse than the first. The battle's for rest. Decades ago, Huntington and this tri-state area was prosperous. The river was a, an incredible resource. The railways were incredible resources. Our, our strategic location, somebody thought well enough to put a 64, I-64, right down through here. Incredible resource. You with me? Somebody in the olden days, call them what you will, came through here and there was incredible revivals and outpourings of God's spirit in the hollers, in the neighborhoods, in the businesses, in this region. Miracles were taking place as far as, far as Morgantown, all the way to Lexington, Louisville, Mansfield, Manchester, Clay County, all, I can show you pockets of incredible revivals, miracles, signs, moonshiners, alcoholics getting sobered up in a moment's time. They didn't have a place to detox. Not against detox, I'm just saying we modernized power. I'm for both. But I'm not for modernizing detox in absence of power. We pray, we pray, we pray. Nothing seems to change. Our posture has to change because we pray from a defensive position rather than praying from an offensive position. He switched that gear in the middle of that prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy... Forgive us our debts as we forgive those against us. Let me tell you this. He went from that point. When he got off the debts and off of what we we owe, when he dealt with the sin issue and our forgiveness of sins, he went straight into... How many of you have a friend? He's teaching them to pray. How many of you have a friend that, that you, wouldn't, you wouldn't give them anything because they're knocking on the door late at night? You, would, you know, you being wicked, know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more do you think the Heavenly Father is going to give you? What he's saying, what you ask of him, he'll do. What he's saying is this. Can you not change your position from defense to offense? Can you realize that you're in more control than you think you are? You might be weak and beaten up and beaten down and you may not have very little faith, but let me tell you something, it don't take much faith. And if you don't have the faith for it, I'll find somebody that has the faith for it. Amen. I won't beat you up with it. Go ahead and, and worry. Go ahead and be anxious, but somebody I know has got the faith. That man that got killed and cast out that devil by Jesus never said to him, hey, how do I build faith? He, Jesus saw a need in this man. He saw him bound and the compassion of Christ reached across the border, 
cast that devil out of that man and that man became free. And I'm looking for a, a body of people that lines up with the head and the head is Jesus. That lines up and they're, they're, they're in sync together where the mind of Christ and the body of Christ are headed in the same direction. Not on our heels, but on our feet going forward. Realizing that sickness looks at us and says, why are you coming to leave us alone? We found rest here. We got to arrest sickness so the person can find rest. You arrest it, you convict it, and you sentence it to go. It's a legal term. That's why he said, they'll judge, the kids will become judges, do you see that? It's, it's legal, you're judging it. It has no legal right in their body. Amen. But why? He paid for it. Yeah. And he should get what he's paid for. Amen. Over the next three weeks, we're going to preach and teach and demonstrate these days, greater things should happen. And we're gonna title it Greater Things. And I'm not talking about a, a room full of maniac trying a bunch of stuff. I'm talking about centered on Christ. I'm talking about flowing in the spirits of Christ. I'm talking about flowing in the gifts of his spirit. I'm talking about centered on him, doing what he says to do and doing the way it's supposed to be done. Not worrying about our own reputation, but maybe making his reputation great. Planting seed and pulling up seed and watering seed and doing the things we should have done years ago because somebody here 100 years ago went through the town and did what they said they were gonna do. Redigging up wells of belief of testimonies of goodness and giving honor where honor's due of a grandma that maybe not did it all right. Maybe quit school in the fourth grade. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. Maybe didn't graduate, didn't get her GED, but she knew how to can food and pray. Oh, come on. A grandpa that didn't, he may not have been the most educated guy, but he could build anything with his hands. He may not have graduated Maybe your mom took up extra jobs or your grandparents took up extra jobs so you could have good stuff. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we are not in a defeated, defensive city or region. Yeah. Jesus Christ paid for this tri-state yeah. region. Yeah. And he deserves to get what he paid for. Yeah. The rewards of his suffering. You are a reward of his suffering. Your healing is a reward of his suffering. Your peace of mind is a reward of his suffering. It can't be just scripture that we quote, by his stripes we are healed. You've got to be healed. And we've got to unrest the rest of those people and demonic forces and principalities that have made their home in our area. They are comfortable. You come home from work. There's strife in your home. Your kids feel the strife. And you come home and you feel it and the enemy's saying, that's my rest. I'm too tired tonight to go to, I can't go to church, man. I can't, I don't even feel like, I, I just gotta lay down. I, I'm so worn to the bone, I'm tired. I can't even, I, I'm not even gonna cook out. I'm not cooking tonight, guys. We're just gonna have to order something out because I'm so tired because you're, at the effect of the rest of the enemy in that principality at your house. It's worn you out. Your mind is moving too fast. 
And now you're tired because why? It's become his playground. Last night I got a call from a lady that told me that Linda was in the hospital and I sit there, she was in the ER. So uh, it was just me and Caden that were home and uh, Caden was sitting there and I said, Caden, I gotta, I, gotta go to the, I gotta run to the hospital. I gotta pray for Linda. And she, he said, okay, I said, do you, do you wanna go? He jumps up and he puts his shoes on. He's 11, puts his shoes on. I said, yeah. Now, Linda's husband, Winston, passed away with less than a year ago, many of you know, with a sudden illness, and it was just like, boom, he was just gone. I took Caden to the hospital with me a couple times to visit him. So he picks up his shoes, and he puts his shoes on. I said, you're wanting to go? You, you, you can stay here. I mean, I've got to be gone. shouldn't be gone too long. He looked at me, and he said, no. I went and visited Winston. I was there for him. It's only right that I'm there for Linda. See, I was thinking about his Saturday night. Football game was on. Next good one was coming back up. LSU was playing. A lot of good. I figured he'd want to sit there and maybe watch the ball game. He smacked me right in the face with that. And I went, I got to redig a well. I got to redig a well. Come on, get in the car. We're going to the hospital. We got to redig a well. And the seed that was planted by somebody a hundred years ago that we don't even know caused something to rise up in him that says, I gotta go. We prayed. We were there two hours. He was getting restless. We we're waiting on a test result back. He gets up, he gets up out of the chair. I said, Where are you going? He said, I'm gonna go ask the doctor out here. I see him if there's the results are back yet. I said, I found myself going, no, 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 he'll be in here in just a minute. And I finally said, he's right out there. I wouldn't do that, right? They're wired different. They, don't put them in a model that the education system currently, the social system currently, or a frame of reference civically has put them in because they're gonna break the mold. You better let them be them. And you just keep doing this. Pulling those seeds. Stand with me. Who in here today needs a touch from the Lord for your physical body? I know you do, Julie. Come on up here. Come on up here, Rick. I don't want any funeral music either. Okay. <laughs> She's too good. I know her. She knows what to do, but I don't want Terry, good. Ruth. Joseph, right? Come on up. If you, got, if you need a touch from the Lord this morning in your physical body. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but who in here knows beyond a shadow of a doubt you have the gift of healing that you've, you've operated in your past? You know you have it. All right, Stacy, I know you have. Good. All right. Now, when Jesus was up on the cross, what they said to us, physician, heal thyself. And he went ahead and died. It used to bother me. Physician, heal thyself. You, you, I've laid hands on people with migraine headaches and seen the migraine gone and me have a headache. Okay? It makes no sense, but I do know this. God moves in certain ways. All right? We're going to pray over the next few minutes. I need everyone to stay engaged because as we receive the offering in agreement, 
I need you in agreement with me as we pray for them. Lisa, I need you up here to pray for some of these people. Whoever else has got, Mike, I know you and Gary both, if you feel led to come up and pray. Malcolm, you can come up too. You know who you are. If you've got a, a gift of healing, you pray. I want you to pray and lay hands on these people. And I wanna hear your story. Bill, are you ready? Are you ready? Now here's, here's, here, here. There's three types of people. There's the core that enter in. There's the congregation that intercedes, right? And then there's the crowd that observes, right? I don't know where you fall today and I'm not gonna force you to move from core to crowd to congregation. Wherever you are, just be comfortable where you are, but just stay in agreement that God's gonna heal them. Amen? Amen.